Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, in The Pew is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. How's it going? Oh, man, it's going good. What's up with you, buddy? I'm excited. I really am. I feel I feel good today. I do, too, man. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I feel like all week long, there has been this pull on my heart, and it's directed me towards humility. You know, this isn't something we pulled out of the bag, although it is in the bag. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically men talking about they struggle with humility, and it's something we all struggle with. And I'm so excited about this because I experience, you know, fights with humility all the time. Uh, I think, I mean, if you're human, you have to. Yeah, we all do. Right. And, you know, I started to research the topic because I always like to look and see what the people, you know, the saints and the church and, of course, scriptures, what Jesus himself said about these things. And, you know, when you Google humility, it's just like a wealth of knowledge comes out. There's... You know, the page I looked at for quotes from saints, you know, had well over 10 pages of, of stuff that's just directed to humility. And the same thing with the Bible. There's so many verses that you could do a show for six hours on all this stuff. But there was one that came to mind first, and it was from St. Augustine. And it's a quote. He says, humility is the foundation of all the other virtues hence. In the soul in which this virtue does not exist, there cannot be any other virtue except in mere appearance. And I think that's so true. You know, we look at everything in our lives, our spiritual lives and our daily lives. All of that has to begin with humility. You know, any any attempts we make to grow in holiness, which is what we're here for, right? To grow in holiness, to try to be a saint. We can't get any further in our lives without humbling ourselves to know that we need God, that we need to serve others, that we're not, you know, that we're just human. Everything we've talked about on this show so far, if you look back at the topics, confession, you have to humble yourself before the Lord before you go to confession. Mm-hmm. If you're going to pray, you have to humble yourself before the Lord to kneel and pray in front of Him. You know, if you're if you're going to be selfish, if you're fighting selfishness, you have to humble yourself and put others' needs ahead of you. All of these show topics that we've done, vulnerability. You have to humble yourself to yourself to be vulnerable. There, it, it all starts with humility. And you know, Jesus came to the world to bring love. Right? That's this whole deal. He wanted to show us that the Father loved us. And he loved us so much that he sent the thing that meant the most to him, his son, for us, to trade his life for ours. And the way that Jesus chose to share that with us is through humility. If you look at everything he did, the way he chose to come in the world, you know, Jesus could have snapped his fingers at any time. God could have snapped his fingers and said, you know what, I don't want to do all that. Boom, everything's fixed. But he didn't. Jesus said, I want to do this, Father, and I want to do it in this way. And so he was born into, you know, into a, a virgin poor young woman with a carpenter as a father into a manger, you know, born into, you know, basically animal, you know, droppings and dirty hay and and, in a, in a, you know, just filth sort of in a place where nobody wanted him, right? There was no room for him. And he was born into that. And then he lived his life meager and humble without asking for anything. I don't remember ever any time in the Bible where Jesus says, Hey, I need this. It was always about God honoring the father, bringing glory to the father and, and bringing honor to others, putting others first, all the way until he marched to Calvary and he, and he gave his life for us. Right. Well, you make a good point because in order to really be 
humble, you have to remove the barrier of selfishness. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what St. Augustine was talking about, the, the virtues. Once you remove the self, me, I, I want this, I want that, um, then you're able to kind of understand what the virtues are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you made another valid point when um, you said, if, if Christianity was fabricated, as, you know, some atheists think, wouldn't it be better to have him born of a priest? You know, I mean, like, like, wouldn't Joseph be like a priest or something? You know, yeah. or like the or a king or a king yeah. or something? I mean, and then and born within a golden, you know, uh, triumphant of uh, choir of, of angels. You know, I mean, it's the thing is, if you're going to make something up, wouldn't it be more glorious to to embellish stuff? But yeah. yeah, this is true grit, raw reality. Right. And and Christ came down. God came down in the form. Uh, of, of a young mother who loved her son so much and a man who who was able to love that woman as his, as his wife and to take care of that that child to, to protect and to grow and and joseph himself was a carpenter mm-hmm. you know he he wasn't of, of high stock of high social order but yet he was there to love them as as creation you know i'm sending you to these people because these are the people who love you it will take care of you and protect you. Well, and you can't get more humble than a guy that never says anything, right? right? He's yeah. never got a word in the Bible. Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah. he just stood there as a as a stalwart protector the whole time in the Bible, and and you know that's really a call to what we're supposed to be. And there's several examples of that in the Bible. And it, I just, man, if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, it just you're missing out because today, you know, I got up and I knew that we were going to talk about this topic. And I had had spoken to you and said, Mm -hmm. one of the things I want to discuss is John the Baptist. In my opinion, other than Jesus himself, there's no other better example, you know, to me than John the Baptist's humility that's that's described throughout the, you know, the first part of the Gospels when Jesus comes onto the scene to accept his mission and obviously to be baptized and all those things. You know, he, it just, this today in the gospel reading, I open the gospel and, and, and I'm reading it and there's this whole story of John the Baptist and Jesus and his famous line, he must increase and I must decrease. That is something that you don't get any more humble than that. I mean, think about it. At the time, John's out in the desert. He's got the wild hair, you know, he's eating locusts and honey. He's got the camel hair clothes on. He's People are coming from everywhere to listen to this guy who might be crazy, but he might be right. And just these large crowds, even the Sanhedrin, you know, these, these priests and teachers and rabbis are coming out to learn from this man. And, you know, the whole time there is, is he, is he, um, Elijah, is he a prophet? Is he all of this? And so he's got these crowds around him and people are constantly throwing adulation at him. And, and, you know, he's amassed these followers that are his disciples. And what does he do? He's constantly pointing to someone else. He's constantly pointing to Jesus, saying, there's one that's coming that is greater than I. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And he never once says, thank you. You're right. I am a prophet. Yes, God made me for this purpose. I guarantee you he knew what God made him for. He wouldn't be doing it if he didn't. And yet he hid all of that. He said, no, not me. The one that's coming, I am not worthy to untie his sandals. Right. You know, and... And that's just, what servants did. Servants right. did that. They, I mean, he's like, I'm not even worthy to be a servant. Right. I'm not even worthy to take, remove his shoes or mm-hmm. to even wash his feet. I mean, that's, that's profound. You but know? think about that. Like today, that's not the world we live in. No. Right? No. Everything is about us and what we're doing. And, and, you know, even our faith can become that way. You know, every bit of our faith, we're supposed to humble ourselves before God. Everything we do is for the glory of you, Father. Whatever gifts you've given me are yours, not mine. 
Those are the prayers that we're supposed to be praying to say, Lord, whatever I have is a blessing from you. It's a gift from you. Any of this that I think is mine or is any of my doing is is basically blasphemy to you. It, this Everything has to do with you and your decision to work through me. And my job is to get out of your way, to hit my knees and realize there's something greater than me in my life and that needs me, created me specifically to do something. It has nothing to do with me. And that's what John the Baptist did. But we struggle so much with that today. I know I do personally. You know, all this stuff that's come over the last year since, you know, I did that talk at MMOS, you know, it's a struggle that I have. Because when you have people coming up and saying things to you and congratulating, wow, you're doing stuff that other people aren't, you're standing up out there and you're doing these things to put yourself out there and I could never do that. And, you know, all these things that people say, you know, I bring this up not to say, look at me, obviously, we're talking about humility, but to say it's so easy. You know, deacons, priests, Catholic speakers, all these people, they must feel that pressure of, you know, the devil trying to pick away at that that wall of humility where you start beginning yourself to say, you know, I am different. There is something special about me. People do want to listen to me, you know, and there was a woman that came up to me a couple months after MMOS at the at St. Paul's bookstore here in Memphis, and I was talking to the, the girl there that runs it, Devaney Cooper, and I walked outside to leave, and this woman comes busting out the doors, and she said, Are you, is your name John Edwards? And I said, yes, it is, and, and do I know you? She says, no, you don't, but I want to tell you a story. My husband and I have had no inkling of faith. We've never gone to church. We had some children, and we started to have some issues, and we just realized that um, that we needed to have some some faith you know, foundation in our lives. So we, we didn't know where to start. So we went to every church. We went to Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, all these different ones. And we wanted to go to Catholic, but we were afraid because you got to sit up, stand, you know, stand up, sit down, say this here, do this, that, all the ritualistic stuff. We, we didn't want to feel awkward. So we were wondering how we could go. And one day we walked in a place and we saw a flyer for this event called Men's Morning Spirituality. And it had an opportunity to volunteer. And so we thought, there's our chance. We can go, we can stay in the background, and we can watch. And we walked in there to listen to the talk, and we heard what you said, and it changed our lives. My husband and I have become, you know, Catholic this Easter, where he's now involved in men's groups. I'm involved in women's group. We've come home to the Catholic Church because of what you said. And in that moment, I began to cry in the parking lot and just thought, Lord, thank you so much for this blessing. You know, I've, I've been sitting here lately thinking, what is all this for? And you've, you've, you've graced me with this blessing of this woman's testimony. And in that moment, I could have easily gone, yeah, I am pretty awesome. Did you hear that? I just made two people's lives change. And that's the constant thing we fight, is that Lord, the Lord tends to give us these consolations from our willingness, our yes to, to, to him as a blessing to encourage us, not for us to accept as our own and to say that this is me doing this and that I'm doing that. And that's the danger we fall into. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about with John, how easy could that have been just to say, you know what? You know, that Jesus guy, don't worry about him. I, you know, you guys, I've got my following. People are listening. This is where it's at. Don't just forget about him. But he didn't. He said, I must decrease and he must increase to the point where he told his own followers, that's the guy you need to go to. I've taken you this far, but it's not about me. You need to go follow him. And in this world we live in today, could you imagine anyone with any sort of popularity or status, whether it's movie stars or pop singers going, you know what? I'm pretty good. 
but there's one that's better than me, and he's over there. Go spend your money at his movies. Go buy their albums. Nobody's doing that because the world teaches us that we're not supposed to be humble, that we're supposed to live in this manner of all about us, what we're doing, give me adulations and praise, and build me up because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. It's a world of Mm -hmm. self-promotion. You know, and and that's the thing with with whether work or career, personal, private life, um, we struggle with uh, wanting to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. And um, when we're not, when we don't have an inkling of what humility is, uh, we can kind of overstep boundaries to where we can um, destroy, uh, be destructive towards relationships, and even probably cause uh, a splinter group within the, the office or uh, within the church or anything like that, you know, and, and you have to be careful. Um, but the story you put is, is I think, uh, amazing because um, by understanding that you're doing what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, then it's not about you. It's about promoting the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's what the saints did. That's what uh, a priest do. I mean, anyone that works for the gospel uh, and promoting the good news knows that. Right. You know, and, and like I said, we're, we're human. We're going to be wanting to get that adulation as well. Um, but we get that from God. Right. Right. And we got to know that it comes from God and not from other people because people are fickle. You know, right. they'll, they'll support you one day. Next thing you know, you may say something, go, oh, I knew it was too good to be true, and then then they're writing bad stuff about you, and then you got to deal with that, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, when you put your your sight and your eyes towards Christ and to the faith, and allowing the Holy Spirit to move everything within your life, then then you you rely on Him, you know. And that's why that's why John the Baptist did say, you know what, this camel hair is getting kind of itchy. Can you guys like donate me some like new robes? <laughs> now he he relied <laughs> on nobody, you know, yeah. except for God. I mean, he made his own clothes. He ate, he forged what he could find, and he didn't say, hey, guys, you know, can you bring some, like, a bottle of wine next time yeah. you go in here? I mean, he... He, he wouldn't know they're getting his no, dreadlocks redone right, and, right. His, and his beard braided, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's the thing is that um, you were saying something earlier, and I want you to say is like, John the Baptist, you know, Christ did... Say, what did he say about John? He says, there goes... Yeah, he said, know, that is the... There's been no one greater born of women than John the Baptist. So it would have been, you're right, it would have yeah. been easy. I mean, imagine Jesus, the Lord of the world, the Son of God, is, is, is saying, that guy right there, there's been no one ever greater than him. And, and he could have gone like, holy moly, like I'm the man. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, imagine how hard that would be difficult if, J, if Jesus did that right now. Or someone that you tremendously looked up to the way John did. I mean, looked up to is not even the word, but, but and they, they pour that onto you. I mean, imagine the tremendous pressure that would have been. And most people, I think I would have probably broken to that because the devil understands that humility is going to raise people to another level in their holiness. It's going to bring them closer to Jesus than anything else in your life. And so what does he do? He attacks that. That's He, he doesn't want you focusing on yourself. That's why when we sin, when we're when we're lost in our life, when we get caught up in addictions and all these other things, it's because the devil has managed some way to turn us away from Jesus, away from God, away from others, and to ourselves. And so that's where he attacks us. And that's why so many people fall. That's why we have the trouble in the church with the bishops and and some of these priests that have been caught up in these scandals, is that they have this office and it becomes about the position they're in and the power and the, 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 the illustrious viewpoint people have of them. It becomes about that instead of almost they forget what I'm 
what I was, what I gave my life to. It's not about me. It's about Christ. And I think that's some of the the pressures and the the stress with people now is if you really believe in what you said and you've committed these things and step down, humble yourself before the people and remove yourself from that stuff. And even people in the office that have that have given their life to God struggle with it. Satan comes for all of us, mm-hmm. and he comes for us no more deeper than our own humility. And it's just it, it's such a problem and a struggle. That's why God. I think there's so many examples in the Bible of that. Think of when Jesus. You know, there's different accounts of when Jesus met Peter the first time. You know, obviously, but you know when Peter's in that boat and they've caught all those fish. You know, when Peter looks around and he sees it, they got to bring other boats so their boats don't sink, you know, to offload some of that fish. And he just hits his knees and he says, um, he says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. In that moment, he realized, I am nowhere near what I need to be. I am, I don't deserve to be in your presence. And obviously the Lord thinks that we do, right? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he gave his son for us. So that's that part, yes, we deserve to be in the presence of God because he wants us there. But God wants us to understand it's always about me. It's always got to be about me. Humility is realizing there's a creator and it's not me. Yep. You know, and, and when you start to get that right in your life, your prayer becomes deeper. Your commitment to your wife and your kids become deeper. Your friendships begin to grow into exactly what they're supposed to be, authentic friendships. Because you begin to believe that your life is no longer about you. And, you know, I want to tell you one of the reasons that humility has been on my heart so much lately is, you know, I had this wonderful trip to seek this last weekend, and it was it was, it was was wonderful. I mean, to be around 17,000 kids, I mean, if you, want to, if you want hope for the church, go to that thing and see 17,000 kids praying over each other in the hallway and laying prostrate on the floor when the, when the monstrous is coming by with Jesus in the Eucharist and just the, the music and the smoke and the lights and the speakers and it just it's great hope for the church when you go to that and but it stirred some things in me i had a conversation with a friend and you know it didn't go the way i wanted it to um and, and there in fact i'm breaking humility there it didn't go the way i wanted it to but there were some things that, that were said and you know i didn't i didn't agree necessarily what what they said but it it, it awoke something and it, you know it woke something up in me that made me realize you know has this become about me all of these things that God has graced my life with, you know, this this podcast, all these things that the Spirit has led me to that I wasn't seeking. They, they, he just kept presenting these opportunities and I said yes to. And I began to think about that. And, you know, I've felt a, a distance here lately between God and I. Sort of like, where's the passion that was involved in this? Where's the ease to speak? I'm depending on notes and all these things that just seemed to pour out from me before. And I couldn't figure that out. And in that moment at Seek, you know, I went to confession and I and I confessed before the priest. You know, I don't know. Has this become about me? Am I becoming self righteous? Is it? Am I self conscious? Do I need adulation from other people? Do I need praise to build me up? And why isn't God's love for me enough for me? You know, that should be enough to know, be secure in my identity and who I am and all those things. And and I just let my heart out to this priest. And he said to me, you know, he goes, you don't ever wonder why Peter, like Peter, never wrote anything down. Yet we know everything he did. And I said, what are you talking about? I don't know where you're going. I'm trying to tell you what's going on here and you're like, you're off somewhere else. He goes, no, listen to me. He goes, don't you find that funny? He goes, all the things we know Peter denied Christ. We know Peter, you know, messed up and he was angry and he made mistakes and we know all of that. How do we know that? He goes, because Peter chose to embrace that and to preach about his own failings and his own 
his own shortcomings. And that's how we know about it. so many stories about Peter because he chose to share that about himself. And I said, well, I've always sort of felt like John, like this love for Christ I have, that I felt like the beloved, you know, and close to Jesus. And he said, well, then be like John, but preach like Peter. And it just was, that was profound to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I got home, I was still struggling with that. I was listening to some music, you know, one of the songs from Adoration. I was in the shower Monday morning, and I just began to cry. And I was like, Lord, if I, if any of this has become about me, if any of this is is self-righteous or promoting, or I'm using you to gain something that I want, Lord, I'm just going to hit my knees in the shower right now and let this water run over me and renew my baptismal promises to you. And Lord, just just wash over me with your Holy Spirit and anything that's with, that is wrong within me, that is against you or for me, wipe it out of me. Like I must decrease and you must increase. None of this is for me. All of this is to bring the glory of glory to your name. You know, and I began to think about how when I started this whole thing, just the the person in front of me at the time was what I did this for. Whatever they were hurting about, whatever they're struggling about, anything that was going on in their life, that was what God put me in that moment for. Any of this gifting that he's given me that I don't even see myself, but, but you know, he's allowed me to have, it was for the glory of God through that one person, not the masses, not who's listening to this podcast, not to have the next step, but for his glory. And I got to tell you, Victor, I have been, it, it's almost like I've been plugged into the wall and recharged all week long because I think God just looked at me and said, all right, let's go. All right, you, you've been off in the woods somewhere and you found your way back. Let's go. And things have been happening in the last week. There's been opportunities that have just popped up. Not because I asked for them, but but maybe because he, he brought me back to the place that he went to be. So seek wound up being this. I went on behalf of Cardinal to, to, to help promote them and, and to you know help men come to their own humility and engage in what they're supposed to be with the Father as a son. And I was able to do that, but also the Father brought me back in this humility that I'd sort of forgotten about. Sounds like you had like a alignment adjustment, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking just, auto t- terms, but yeah. Yeah. I think we all need to kind of have that serious contact with God um, about reevaluating our, our goals, our objectives. And uh, am I really doing this for the benefit of you or for benefit of myself? I think what, wherever you are, like nothing wrong with a Jabez prayer, mm-hmm. but if you use it in the wrong manner, it's self-promotion. Yeah. And if you use it for the right man, the purpose of man are going, like John was saying, Jesus, increase in me. That way, the boundaries that you have, that you want me to be in, can be expanded through your spirit, through your power, through your involvement in my life. And, I, you know, I think that what I, we were talking about earlier about, you know, our faith, our career, um, is we sometimes kind of like split it up. We keep it separate. Mm-hmm. But I think it has to be essential to be, you know, um, bonded together because if you show humility in your office in your work that means you show other people's you praise other people as well and not seek self-promotion right because people will see that and go wow big really did most of this or john really did most of this or jeff really pushed the whole thing but he's praising others for their consideration of helping and that is what bonds people together in a work environment but also it increases your desire to be more loving in your in your faith and your family and in everything else around you. No, you're exactly I mean, man, that that is that is on point. I mean, it, it's 
it, it's when we start to seek our own blessings, right? We try to, I want this, so I'm going to do everything in my power to go get that, whether it's power, money, fame, fortune, you know, goods, and whatever it is. When we start to do that, we're cutting ourselves off from the blessings that God has for us. You know, when we become humble, it's, it's you know, I look at people like deacons and, and, you know, ministers, Protestant ministers, a lot of them, you know, all these different people that have given their life to, to Christ, whether it's Catholic, Protestant, whatever, these missionaries, they have nothing a lot of times. Like they, they're, 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 they're just trying to do what they can to, to scrape to make ends meet. And yet they're some of the happiest people you'll ever meet because they, they know that their blessings, their fortune, their love, their life is founded in, and it, it resides in the, in the Lord, not in themselves. And yet you see people that have so many other things. They have all this stuff they've amassed and they're so unhappy. They're not smiling, and those that don't right. have much smile, the, the largest or biggest. Yeah. Right, and that's that's part of the thing. You know, when I was talking about the, the stuff I've been through this week, I tried to smile for a video I was doing the other day, and it was work. It was work to smile, and I thought, why is it? Why does my face look like it doesn't know how to do this? And it's it, that's part of it. Like when we forget the joy that comes from humbling ourselves before the Lord, then we become hardened. We become without a purpose. We, when you're self-driven, then all you have to depend on yourself and you find out pretty is yourself and you find out pretty quickly that that's not much to depend on. Mm-mm. Right. And if you're living your life that way, how can you lead your children, your wife, your friends, your family, those around you in the correct path, you become, you know, you're faking it till you make it right. right. But do you make it though? Yeah. By faking it sometimes, you know, it's exhausting when you're faking it to make it, it's, it, it can destroy you. Right. So, so making it one thing is 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 different from everybody, but but when you give up trying to fake it, then that's when you really become yourself. Right, and there's many saints that have that have talked about that. There's you know Saint Faustina has said the soul's true greatness is in loving God and in humbling oneself in His presence, completely forgetting oneself and believing oneself to be nothing, because the Lord is great, but He is well pleased only with the humble. He opposes the proud. That's why you see these blessings. And they, yes, they may not come in the form of worldly goods that, that the, the devil in the world is trying to program us, that that's where our self-worth is found and what, we, what we've amassed. And our self-worth is found in the love of God. And there's, no other, there's other, no other way to understand that than through your own humility. So, man, I, I feel humbled talking to you about this today, man. Same, and so it's a yeah. great topic, and I just hope people have heard this and, they, and they'll practice humility in their life. So why don't we be humble right now and humble ourselves before the Lord with a prayer? Lord Jesus, John the Baptist said that you must increase and he must decrease. Let that be the same with us. You are meek and humble of heart and you've shown us that the path to holiness treads through our own humility. Help us to put God and others above ourselves and let us never forget we are nothing without you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.